0: This is Pastor Chad. Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We are honored that you have joined us today. You can stay up to date with us at Bethesdachurch.tv or look us up on Facebook or Instagram. Now, let's jump in to today's message. Good morning and happy Pentecost Sunday. Is anybody excited today? Well, first off, I would like to thank Pastor Chad and Pastor Karen for the opportunity to stand before you today. It's always an honor and a privilege to share the Word of God. And uh, while I'm at it, I'm going to give honor to uh, the staff here at Bethesda. Let's, uh, let's give it up for the staff here. We appreciate what they do day in and day out. I have, uh, I have a question for you to start with. Um, what are you doing here? Why are you here? There's probably lots of valid answers out there as far as why you're here today. But I would like to submit an answer to you that I believe to be the most relevant. And that is that on the day of Pentecost, God birthed the church. And on the day of Pentecost, he gave the church power to sustain the generations between then and now. He gave the power to go forth in the power of the Spirit. And that's why the church still remains today. That is why you're here. You're here because God sent a power gospel to a power church to make power people that would carry the gospel to the ends of the earth. That's why we're here today. Let's give God praise. The word Pentecost is actually a Greek name for a festival known in the Old Testament as the Feast of Weeks. The Greek word means 50. It refers to 50 days since Passover. The Feast of Weeks celebrated was celebrated at the end of the grain harvest and every Jewish male was required to appear before the Lord in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. So you have people coming to Jerusalem from everywhere from the from the entire world, they came to Jerusalem at the day of Pentecost, speaking all different languages and from all different places. I believe that God knew that was gonna happen. God was waiting for them. He had something special for them that day. We'll get back to talking to them, but let me tell you that God knew you were gonna be here today, and he did not leave you out. He has something for you today. He has something for you, and you can receive it today. All you have to do to receive it is open yourself up to the word of God. Say, Lord, I believe your word. Your word is true, and I believe it. I might not know how it works. I might not know how it can happen, but you choose to believe it. You can read it and say, my life doesn't look like that, but the word promises that. I choose to believe that. I choose to believe the Lord's report. I choose to believe your word, Lord. God will show you how. You just have to choose to believe. Only believe. So the day of Pentecost, we had 120 in the upper room. They didn't know what was going to happen. They were waiting on the promise of God. Jesus had given them a a promise. So they were there. They were waiting on the promise. But they didn't know what to expect. They didn't know when it was going to happen. So they were waiting. Because God had promised. Is there anything that you're waiting for from God today? Is there a promise that you have not yet seen fulfilled? You know what a promise fulfilled? We call them miracles. Really, they're promises fulfilled. If there's a promise in there that you can claim, you can stand on that promise until it's fulfilled. And people say, well, that's impossible. If the word promises it, it's not impossible. There's nothing impossible for God. You realize that Jesus is called the word. He is the word made flesh. So when you read the word, when you read a promise in the word, it's like Jesus speaking directly to you. Because that is the word. He is the word. So when you receive the word, you're receiving Christ. When you reject the word, you're denying Christ. He says, if you deny me before men, I will deny you before my father. Now, where I'm going with that is not heaven and hell. You could take it to that extreme if you continually deny Christ. But what I'm talking about is if you just start denying little things, little things in the word, you start denying little things in the word As far as, well, I don't know if I believe that. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if I'm going to accept that. When you do that, then Jesus doesn't have any standing before the Father. When you stand on his word, then he is your advocate. He is is there on your behalf before the Father, and he can say, he's standing on the word. That's true. You have to give it to him. He has legal right to it. That's his inheritance. It has to be done. So that's what's on the line today. My first verse I have for you is John twenty, chapter or chapter twenty and verse nineteen, and this is Jesus talking. Um, well, this is about Jesus and the disciples after the death, burial, and resurrection. It starts there in 19. It says, Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut and the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and his disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them, And said to them, "Receive the Holy Spirit." Now, this, when he said, "Receive the Holy Spirit," when he breathed on them, this is not that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel, because that happened later than this. This happened before that. So, if that's that, this couldn't be that. So, what's this? This is what we would consider the deposit or the seal of the Holy Spirit. When you are born again, and the Holy you become the temple of the Holy Spirit. So you're heaven ready, you have the Spirit of God in you. So what else do you need? What else could there be? You've already received the Holy Spirit. In our day and time, of course, we know we believe with the heart, we confess with the mouth, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But for them, they walked with Jesus and talked with Jesus And they could not be saved before the death, burial, and resurrection. They couldn't be saved. So he had to come, breathe on them for them to receive the Holy Spirit. That's why that happened then. But today, you receive that deposit when you confess him as Lord. Luke 24, starting in verse 46. Then he said to them, this is Jesus, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit is about power. They already, Jesus had breathed on them, they'd received the Holy Spirit, but they needed the power They needed the power. A gospel without power is no gospel at all. The good news without the power to perform the good news isn't good news. That's bad news. We don't need bad news. We need good news. That word power there, you shall receive power. It says, you will be endued with power from on high. The word power is deutimus in the Greek, which means force. Specifically, it means miraculous power. You will be endued with power, with miraculous power, miracle working power. We need the power of God. This is a gift of God. This was a promise that Jesus had given them. And gifts cannot be bought. In other words, you can't pay for a gift. I give you something and say here this is a gift and you turn around and give me money for it. I think you're trying to offend me. <laughs> trying to see if I'm going to get offended, aren't you? You can't buy a gift. You can't pay for a gift. It's the gift of the Holy Spirit. Gifts are given. That's what makes them a gift. In Acts chapter 2, they've been waiting for the day of Pentecost. Here it is. Starting in verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were setting. and there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire and one set on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance. They didn't know what to expect. They're just waiting on the promise. The sound of a mighty rushing wind comes in. There was a a documentary of a a revival among um, Eskimos that uh, they have documented a mighty rushing wind. They have it recorded because it was it happened during a church service, and they thought it was something going on with the soundboard. They shut everything off, and it just kept getting louder and louder and louder. God's not done with His church. God is not done with his church. Today, around the world, there there are crusades happening where the gospel is preached and people receive the gospel. You see wheelchairs and crutches and all kinds of stuff being passed to the front because they don't need them anymore. They were healed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see burn piles and burn barrels where they're burning all of the, 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 the fake gods, all of the stuff they had, all their witchcraft, everything that they, because they found the truth, the true and living God. The God of Power. What the prophets say in the Old Testament? He said, "Let's see who God, whose God answers by power, by fire, by power, by power." What, what, what separates you believing in anything else in the world and you believing in the one, the one and only true God? But the power. I know the Apostle Paul was uh, in one of his letters to the church, in one of the epistles. He said. Um, There there are some there who are trying to confuse you. They're trying to lead you astray. He's claiming to be apostles, but they are not. He said, When I come, we'll see who has the power. (laughs) How about that? When I come, we'll see who has the power. If they have the power, go ahead and believe them. They didn't have the power. So, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the initial evidence of speaking in tongues. They pour out into the streets speaking in a language that they have never learned, that they did not know. People were in Jerusalem from all over the world who spoke different languages and even different dialects of language. And they were able to hear the gospel in their own native tongue. And they said, How is this possible? All these men, they're Galileans. How is it that I hear the wonders of God in my own language? And some said, They're drunk. Peter said, It's only nine in the morning. They're not drunk. But this was that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Now, you you, you want a Bible commentary? You can't beat God giving a commentary on his own word. <laughs> the Old Testament, we have the word coming from the prophet. In the New Testament, you have a word, a commentary on the word in the Old Testament, saying, This is that which he spoke of. This is what I was talking about. This is the power. These are the last days. And if those are the last days, these are the last days. We see in Luke chapter 3, verse 16. This is John the Baptist. says, John answered, saying to all, I baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. That word fire means fire, but it says it more specifically means lightning. The lightning of God. The power, the electricity, the lightning. God is so amazing. The word of God says that the the kingdom of heaven, since the day of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and a violent take it by force. That means those who are sure, those who are strong, those who will not give up, those who are steadfast, those who have set their face, they know what they believe and they will not back down. In John chapter 14, verse 12, scripture says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me This is Jesus speaking. The works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these will he do because I go to my Father. That's what happened on the day of Pentecost. Jesus went to the Father and he sent the same Spirit back to live in you. Not a lesser spirit, not a different spirit, the same spirit, the spirit of God, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. How could he say, you're gonna do the same works that I did and you're even gonna do greater works than these unless he empowered you to do it? You can't do it on your own. But with the gift, not earned, but freely given, All things are possible. You can't earn it. You cannot earn the gift. You can't. Jesus gave the command for them to tarry in the city of Jerusalem. That's the only place he tells us that you're going to have to wait on the spirit. Otherwise, for us, it's a free gift that's already been given. And I'm going to show you that in scripture. Um. But another reason the Holy Spirit came in in John 15, 26, it says, but when the, the Helper comes, that's the Holy Spirit, the Helper. When the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. He gives you the power to testify of Jesus. You're showing forth the works of Jesus. You're showing forth the life of Jesus. In John 14, 25, starting in 25, it says, these things I have spoken to you, while being present with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things, and he will bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave to you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, troubled neither let it be afraid. Don't be troubled, don't be afraid. God is with you. He has not left you, he has not forsaken you, and you have the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit with you says he's the spirit of truth his job is to lead you into all truth there's a lot of lies out there like God puts sickness on people to teach them something if God put a sickness on you to teach you something do you think he's a bad teacher how long does it take him to teach you he is the spirit of truth he guides you into all truth He is a good teacher. He did not put sickness on anyone to teach them something. This is a lie. The truth of God is that healing is just as much a gift as the Holy Spirit is a gift. Sometimes people want to make it a sign, or not a sign, but a reward. It is a sign, but they try to make it a reward. Like maybe if I'm good enough, God will heal me. Maybe if I'm good enough, I'll receive the baptism. Maybe if I'm good enough, I'll receive salvation. They're all gifts. You can't buy a gift. Gifts are freely given. In Acts chapter 8, we're going to see what happened after the day of Pentecost. On the day of Pentecost, we know how the Holy Spirit, how people received the Holy Spirit. But now we're going to look at after the day starting in verse four, says, therefore those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. There was great joy in that city. This is Philip. Philip was not an apostle. People say, well, I thought Jesus was the only one who healed. Well, I thought it was just the apostles when they died off. No, 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 no. no. Philip wasn't an apostle. And it says that those who were scattered whenever everywhere preaching the word, it doesn't say the, the apostles and the prophets and the, the pastors and the teachers and evangelists. It says they all. They went and they carried the fire. They carried the word. They're the ones who spread the gospel. It's the believers who carry the spirit of God. The spirit of God in a man makes a Christian. In verse 9, it says, but there, were certain, there was a certain man called Simon who previously practiced sorcery in a city and astonished the people of Samaria claiming to be someone great to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest saying this man is the great power of God. And they heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. But when they believed Philip, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. And Simon himself also believed. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed seeing the miracles and signs which were done. He had the power. Jesus never commanded anyone to preach the gospel without giving them the the power to heal the sick. He sent out the 12. And he said, say the kingdom of God has come nigh unto you and heal the sick. He sent out the 70. He said, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, freely you receive, freely give. He sends us, And he said, believers will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. He has never commissioned anyone to preach the gospel without giving them the power to heal the sick. Because it's a power gospel. Without the power, there is no gospel. Where's the good news? Without the power of God to back it. In verse 14. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down prayed that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for as yet he had not fallen, or he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. And when Simon saw that through the laying on the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power also, that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, Your money perish with you, because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. The gift of God. It's a gift. You can't buy a gift. Jesus has already given it. He is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. You can't buy healing. The stripes at the whipping post bought your healing. It says he was marred beyond recognition. You couldn't even tell who he was. He paid the price. You don't have to pay it. You can't pay it. He paid the price. Salvation, the cross paid the price. You couldn't pay the price. He was the only one who could present his blood on the altar of heaven, the sacrifice that was accepted by the Father. Not an atonement in a covering of sins, but the erasing of our sins, the forgiveness of our sins. So you don't have a right to speak any less of yourself than what God does. You don't have the right to. The the word of God says that, that, that... Jesus has all authority. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto him. How much authority does that leave for the devil? Zero. Zero. He has no authority. If he attacks you, it's because he has ability. Like I have the authority to get into my car because I have a key. A thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy... Has a hand and a brick, so they have the ability to get into my car, but they don't have the authority to get into my car. Just because they have, don't confuse that. Just because he has the ability to attack you, don't think he has the authority to. He does not have the authority to. You can't buy a gift. This is a power gospel for a power church to. To create a powerful people. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit, individually. Corporately, we're living stones built as a habitation for the Lord. You're the church, I'm the church, we're the church. Now we see there that um, people believed the word as it was preached. They were baptized in water and then they received the Holy Spirit. Now in Acts chapter 10 in verse 44, we see this Holy Spirit falling. In one place, we see after the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was received by the laying on of hands. Here, I love this because God wasn't waiting for the preacher to get done. (laughs) While he was preaching, God said, all right, enough of that. Come on, let's go. Let's get some power working up in here. And I'm fine with that. If you healed, baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, just start testifying. That is fine with me. Whatever way God does it, that's the way we're going to do it. I remember uh, hearing one evangelist who said that the first time that he rented out a stadium and he started preaching. People started jumping up and you know testifying that they were healed. He said, "What is wrong with these people? I'm not done with my sermon yet." <laughs> He didn't realize what was going on. That then became common in his ministry. But um, that's the first time it happened. So he's like, what is going on? But a lot of healing ministries, that's the way it works. They're actually healed during the sermon. While it's going forth, they receive the word and receive their healing. Because the hearing of the word produces faith. Faith. It says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So where the word goes forth, there is faith. There's faith to receive. Faith is here. And you can receive it. So let's take a look here in Acts 10, uh, starting in 44. It says, while Peter was still speaking, while he was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because of the gift, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered, can anyone forbid that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. So God switched it up here a little bit. They were saved and filled with the Holy Spirit, and then they got water baptized. But the same initial evidence of speaking in tongues was seen here. Now I'm going to talk about you. Do we have any believers in the house? Well, there's only two choices here. You're either a believer or you're an unbeliever. One or the other. These signs shall follow them that believe. In Mark 16, 16, he who believes and is baptized shall be saved. He who does not believe shall be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Do you see that we have, a, we have an action in this? We have a part in this. When Jesus sent the Holy Spirit and filled us with the Holy Spirit and gave us power to do it, that doesn't mean it's getting done. Just because we have the power to speak with new tongues, unless we open our mouth, we're not going to speak with new tongues. Unless we lay hands on the sick, there's no promise that they're going to recover. So we have to work in conjunction with God. We're co-laborers with Him to receive the answer to the promises. Which, like I was saying, a a promise fulfilled is what we call a miracle. Luke twelve, verse thirty two says, Do not fear little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Do I have any kingdom people in here today? We serve a king. We are members of a kingdom. If people look at you like you are crazy and from somewhere else, it's because you are. You are an ambassador of Christ. An ambassador is somebody who comes from another country representing the country they came from. And where they live is called an embassy. This is my embassy right here. Houses the Holy Spirit. And the embassy looks nicer than any other houses around. (laughs) The Holy Spirit lives in you. You have, you house the powerhouse. Think about the power that's within you. You had to get born again before you received the Holy Spirit. Why? Because your unrecreated spirit could not handle the power, could not handle the power. So once you're born again, you have the spirit of God, you can handle the power. Now you can house the power. You can carry the power. You have to choose to use the power. As the praise team comes back, I want to talk to you about a parable that's very familiar, and that's the parable of the prodigal son. You had, there were two sons. One stayed with the father. The other one, the younger son, it says, said, hey, dad, I know I'm going to receive half of everything. I I want it now. I don't want to wait around and, you know, I I want it now. Go ahead and and give me my inheritance. And the father did. Gave him his inheritance. says he went off to a far country and squandered it, uh, one translation says, on riotous living. Then a famine came on that country. And don't you know, he didn't have any friends. I'm sure when the money was going, he had plenty of friends. But he was broke. He didn't have nothing. He had nobody to go to. He went to serve somebody of that country and ended up going into the field and feeding the pigs. And he was so hungry, he wished he could feed his own belly with what he was feeding the pigs. And he said he came to himself and he said, how many of my father's servants have plenty to eat? And here I am starving in this pig pen. I know what I'll do. I'll go to my father. And I'll tell him, I'm not worthy to be called your son. Don't call me a son. I just want to be a servant in your house. So he went back to the father. While he was still a long ways off, the father saw him and ran to him, wrapped his arms around his neck. And he starts telling the father, I I can't be called your son. I'm I'm not worthy to be called a son. Just make me a servant. And the father didn't even answer him. He didn't even answer him. He just said, Get him a robe, get him a ring, put sandals on his feet. This son of mine who was dead is alive again. Who was lost, he is found. He said, Go kill the fatted calf and let's have a party. For my son has come home. Isn't that a picture? of the Father, our Heavenly Father when we come to Christ He's been longing for that day and when you come He is joyous that He has received you to His family and then the older brother was out in the field and he came in and he heard the commotion and he said what's going on? I said that your brother has returned, your father's killed a fatted calf and we're having a party He wasn't too happy. Luke 15, starting in verse 28, says, but he, talking about the older brother, but he was angry and would not go in. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, lo, these many years I've been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment at any time. And yet you never gave me a young goat that I may make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, son you are always with me and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad for your brother who was dead is alive and was lost and is found. The older brother had forgotten that a gift cannot be bought. The older brother had to receive everything he had the same way by grace. The inheritance was coming to him too. But he didn't earn it. You didn't earn it. Everything you have belongs to God. The person sitting beside you, whether they're here today or they'll be here next Sunday or the next or the next or the next, whoever might come through those doors, you might say, oh, I remember them. Don't you forget that gifts cannot be purchased. The gift was free to you, and the gift is free to them. The gift cannot be purchased. The gift of salvation, the gift of healing, the gift of the Holy Spirit. The father told the son, the older brother, he said, All I have is yours. All you ever had to do was ask. That's all you ever had to do. He says, ask and you shall receive. If you're a son, if you're in the kingdom, ask. Ask and keep on asking. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. Ask. If you need healing, you need the gift of the Holy Spirit, you need salvation, all you have to do is ask. If somebody comes to you, you say, oh, my goodness, I just wish there was some way that I could get things right with God. What would you tell them? Would you tell them, oh, no, you got to go get your life straight. Man, you are a mess. You've got to th- work your way into the kingdom of God. No, you wouldn't say that. Somebody comes to you and says, they have a sickness, they have an illness, they have a disease. You say, oh, no, 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 we can't pray, we can't minister about. No, you're going to have to pay a price here. You know, you're going to have to suffer a while. No, no, no. It's a free gift for all or it's free for no one. Jesus paid the price. Why are you gonna try to pay for what is a free gift? So if you are watching online, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, The free gift has been given. All you have to do is receive it. You just have to receive it. Jesus, he's not going to die again. He doesn't have to die for every person once for all. You just have to receive it. So if you're, with, if, if you're here in the house with all eyes closed, you need a relationship with Jesus, just go ahead and raise your hand. Just go ahead and say, I need to know the Savior that you're talking about, this Jesus who baptizes with the Holy Spirit and fire, this Jesus who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. If you don't know him today, you have to be in a relationship with him to make it through the gate of heaven. You have to be in a relationship with him to claim the promises of God and to walk in the power of God here on earth. If you're online and you don't know Jesus as your Lord, I invite you today to receive the free gift. Right now, let's go to prayer for anyone who needs salvation. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. And we know that your word says, all those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So right now, We pray for those who don't know you. We pray that they call upon your name, knowing that salvation comes only by the name of Jesus, and that they believe in their heart, they confess with their mouth they shall be saved. We pray for salvation. We pray that you seal them with your precious Holy Spirit, that they receive the free gift right now in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Let's celebrate with anybody who has gotten saved today or will get saved in the future watching this, we don't know what God has in store. But we know the promises of God are yes and amen. If you were in here today and you just received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I ask that you would fill out a Connect card. It should be on a seat back in front of you and just leave that in your seat. If the prayer team would come forward, I'm gonna open up the altar here for people who need to receive from the Lord. If you need to receive the free gift that's already been given, if you need to receive the Holy Spirit, and you've never had the initial evidence of speaking in tongues, I ask you now, here in a a minute, I'm gonna count to three and I'm gonna have you come. And if you want somebody to lay hands on you to receive the Holy Spirit, please do so. If you just wanna come to the altar and pray and receive from the Lord that way, that's fine too. Or if you're here today and you're sick in body, you're struggling with something, the free gift has been given. Deliverance is free. Salvation is free. Healing is free. It's a free gift. You just have to receive it. So at the count of three, we're gonna open this altar. Anyone here who needs to receive from the Lord, don't leave the same as you came. Don't leave the same. It's your choice from here. God's done it on his part. It's your turn to receive the gift. In Jesus' name. One, two, three. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Bethesda Church Podcast. If you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting bethesdachurch.tv give. We will catch you on the next episode.